Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome back. It is week 16 of the college football season, um, otherwise known as championship week, uh, such as it is. It's, it's as weird as it's been all season, but uh, we're going to handle this as, as if it was a normal championship week, which means we not only have, uh, we not only have Carla from Nashville, yeah. where it's not snowing. Hi, Carla. It's not snowing here. No, it's cold. It's, it's cold and rainy. I'd rather have snow. And we, we have, we have a cold and rainy, and we'd rather have Snow Carla in Nashville. And we have, from the other side of Pittsburgh, we have AJ joining us uh, to help take us through the championship games, too. Um, it, it is still snowing where AJ is. Uh, very much so. It's uh, snowing here now. We're, we're creeping up on uh, somewhere in the range of five to seven inches. It's delightful. Um, my kids tried to shovel the sidewalk earlier. We can cover it again. They didn't learn. They don't know that yet. They don't know how that works. You gotta wait. You gotta wait till it stops. Then go shovel it. Don't don't do it in the middle. You're doing double work. That's dumb. Right. Right. It's it's well. It's a for effort. I guess that's yeah. that would be the thing. Um, we have a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, but because we're going to go through every conference title game that is being played this weekend. Um, but first, as we always do, you know, let's take a look back and see, uh, you know, what our thoughts were about games last weekend. Um, Carla was occupado um, for her, uh, for her day job. But um, I, I mean, you did, you did retain the, the land grant trophy, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a nice, nice little um, consolation prize to all of the um, grading that I did mm -hmm. all last weekend. <laughs> As, um, as the land grant trophy always is. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cannot argue. Cannot argue. <laughs> it is the most glorious trophy in all of college football. Um, so yes, very happy about that. Um, and so no, I didn't see. I this is the first time I think in the nine seasons that we've done this show that I'm entering the show on a week where I literally did not see a single down of college football. Um, I watched a lot of replays. I watched a lot of highlights um, and read a lot. So, um, but yeah, I'm officially out of, out of all of us, I am officially on Christmas break. So there's that. Um, so I'll rub that in. I'll keep rubbing it in. I'm rubbing it in for my husband. He's not really appreciating it all that much. So um, yeah. So, so, so my, my one thing from last week, other than retaining the land grant, um, actually really doesn't have anything to do with anything on the field and has more to do with um, the coaching carousel, which is always one of my favorite times of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I thought things, I mentioned this last week that I thought things were weird at Texas, um, you know, with the whole, like, let's go get Urban Meyer. And then Urban's like, yeah, no. And I'm like, Texas, what the heck are you doing? Um, found a more bizarre situation. And that might be at your Auburn Tigers, which we've talked about this how many years now in a row about how everyone's like, let's fire Gus Malzahn. And it's like, it's never going to happen because the buyout is too freaking big. Well, they finally fired Gus Malzahn at a paycheck of $21.5 million, um, which, yeah. you know, led, led, I know, right? Like led to the slate headline today of the fact that, you know, Alabama's highest paid state employee in the year of a pandemic will be a fired football coach. Shout out Jason Kirk, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, best headline I've seen in a long time. Absolutely true. But what baffles me most about this is someone who used to work at, at Rivals is the fact that why would you fire your coach four days before early signing day? Um, for a recruiting class that was already abysmal. And it just got worse. The so, rivals, the rivals rankings today has them at 52 and 12th in the SEC. They had 12 commits. Two now are saying they're going to wait until February. And their four-star guard, who was like their, their top recruit, um, decommitted. So the way that I understand the Auburn situation is the recruiting has not been great 
for quite some time now, or at least right. not to the liking of Alabama boosters. And because right. of that, Gus Malzahn, his not just this year being kind of wonky and it not being a, uh, an Auburn year, which by the way, in case you did, in this, this one came up on a different uh, medium. Uh, Alabama and Auburn, obviously they play the Iron Bowl. The game is in Alabama, is at Alabama in even years. The game is at Auburn in odd years. You have to go back to 1975 to find an Auburn coach who was not fired in an even year. Just throwing that out there. Um, it's a very fun thing. But uh, the Auburn Tigers have had bad recruiting. The team is not happy, or the school was not happy with the level of recruiting. The boosters were super not happy with the level of recruiting. And they saw that they were years. going to get this. Um, Gus had, I think, two years left on his contract. Yeah. Um, and they basically said, you can't fire him in the last, you can't wait until the last year. You either have to extend him or you have, in order to make sure that recruiting stays where it is so that people, so that students know or, or prospect kids know that when you're bringing them in, that this coach is going to be there with them for their entire four-year period. Um and they basically said he could have played himself into another extension and no one wanted to find that out. So they decided to can him this year so they could avoid trying to wait until 2022 or 2024 to do it. Um, so yeah, he's getting $21.5 million of which half of that is due within the next 30 days. Merry Christmas to the Malzahn family. Y'all are getting <laughs> iPads for everybody. Yay! <laughs> It's just, it just, Maybe I don't know. Maybe can go know. run for Senate after this, too. <clears throat> listen, I don't know what. Drink. <clears throat> yeah, well, listen. I'm on break. <laughs> mm, I know, I know. I'm about to be. Um, so the other thing with Gus Malzahn is that a lot of that money is being fronted by boosters. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, $10 million due in the next 30 days isn't so bad when you find five to 10 people to do it. Yeah. Um, and you have a very rich booster base who have a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings about his performance. And so they came up with this money and the, when the other half is due, the hat will be passed around again and the money will be, uh, will be made apparent and this will happen. Yet we can't pay players and we're in the middle of a pandemic and poverty is still a problem. But this dude can get $21 million to not do his job. Great job, everybody. For, College football. For sucking. $21 million for, for sucking. I, I do. I want to point out just a side note. Uh, you mentioned recruiting uh, rankings and, and the disappointments at Auburn. Um, Michigan is mentioned in the same breath. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that the, the result is going to be the same. Although, when, you lose, when you're losing recruits to Maryland. Um, you put some respect on Mike Wax like that. Maybe. 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 Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so Gus, uh, Merry Christmas for uh, to to Gus. Um, uh, AJ, did you, did you see anything from last weekend that that uh, stuck out for you? Uh, shoe throwing or anything like that? Uh, the shoe throwing in the Florida game was amazing. Uh, I watched that game live and I cackled loud enough that my wife thought something was wrong. Yeah, I, I, I said uh, this. I said this when when we were talking in the pregame or pregame. Yeah, whatever we were sure. doing ahead of time game, while we were getting ready for the show about how you, the two of you were like blowing up my phone on Saturday because yeah. you were in this text <laughs> conversation about what the heck was going on with Florida, and I was still grading and I was like, dang it, I want to go downstairs and watch football. So all right, can I both. explain how this worked? That obviously podcasting is a visual medium. So uh, Marco Wilson from Florida tackles an LSU player. 
in the action of the tackle, the LSU player's shoe comes off. Marco Wilson, this is also on a third down with two minutes left in the game in a tie game. Marco Wilson then gets up and throws the shoe a solid 10 to 15 yards downfield. The refs elaborated and said 20. But he throws this shoe down the field, not at the sideline, not at any other players, downfield away from everybody else. And the referees instantly, there's like four flags that come in, a bunch of Florida players run up and smack him in the helmet for being a dummy. He gets an unsportsmanlike penalty, which keeps LSU's drive going. LSU drives down. They then get stopped. And LSU's kicker now has to kick a 57-yard field goal. Now, second controversy comes up that we didn't talk about. Uh, Dan Mullen, LSU, does have, LSU has no timeouts, and they have to go rush a 57-yard field goal. Now, Dan Mullen has a choice here. Do I, A, let them rush it and miss it, and we go to overtime, or... Do I take a timeout to leave myself enough time in case he makes it? Or if he misses it, I get the ball where they are, and I now have 30 yards, 30 seconds to go down to drive and go score. And this started its own little controversy in certain parts of the internet. I am of the feeling that you should have just let it run. They were not going to rush, and they, they were going to have to rush to set up a 57 yard field goal. That's mm -hmm. bad. They were not going to do that well. Most teams don't do that well. And then if you want to cut, if you want to take the timeout because they did rush to get into position, maybe you ice him. But I think he should have let it run out. Mullen takes the timeout. He kicks the field goal. LSU goes up by three. Florida drives down, has like a 40-ish yard field goal to make, and the kicker pulls it wide left. No, Florida no. loses, LSU wins, and no, Florida no. drops. Hold on, hold on. Uh, real quick question, Carla. How yes. many – this had to be a perilous drop for Florida in the college football playoff rankings. They were previously ranked six. Where are they ranked now, Carla? You know, losing to an unranked LSU team, you would think that they would, you know, drop the same that, you know, Miami dropped after losing to, to North Carolina. Sure. Um, no, the Florida Gators dropped one spot to number seven. That's a, that's a choice. That's, that's suspicious, but okay. Good, good job, College Football Playoff Committee. You're the best. You're really good at these sorts of things. <laughs> uh, sidebar, I watched most of the Arizona-Arizona State game and, oh, laughed, God. and laughed, laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. I have never in my life seen a team. It was I, the only way this is absolutely possible is if Arizona or somebody on the Arizona State sideline was greasing the footballs because Arizona <laughs> could not hold on to the ball for anything and this was at arizona too so mm -hmm. a home i don't even think they were allowed to have fans but this empty stadium had to host an absolute whipping <laughs> that got kevin sumlin fired hey real quick what was kevin sumlin's buyout not anywhere near I'm Gus gonna, yeah i'm it gonna was say like, not it was 21 like, million I, I it was like seven million like it, it was $7.3 million. This is after he left Texas A&M with a $10 million buyout with no offset, which means he got paid his $10 million and then was immediately taking the Arizona job. So, so shout what, out to Kevin which, someone we, for getting paid $17 million for not doing his job. What I'm hearing is we, that you need to suck, but not so much that you can't get another job. Well, or you have to be BFFs with Nick Saban. 
What you have to do is you, okay. have, to get, okay. you have to get hired and work your way up enough that people think your, your, your skill set is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And then get fired to get paid and then, then do it again. <laughs> hey, well, Moss Champ, you did the same well, thing. Well, I mean, yeah, no, but there's, there, there's a balance there. You, you can't suck too much. Correct. You, won't, you don't get a second job, but right. you have to suck enough that you get fired and, and, then, it, and then get the, let the lawyers do their thing and get your payout. And, it's, Hello, listen. Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to put anything on Sark. Sark had, Sark had, Sark had issues. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't want to put anything. We love you, Sark. I hope you get a nice, I hope you get a new job and I hope it works out really well for you. Um, yeah. So I watched a lot of really dumb football. Um, Which game was it that you guys were talking about? The, the long slapper had the yips. Oh, was that, last weekend? that was, that was the Louisiana app state game. So <laughs> the, the long snapper for Louisiana gets the yips. And now when I say yips, I mean, he overshot the punter and field goal holder multiple times. <laughs> that game should not have been that close. And yet it was because this long snapper is just launching footballs to the point where it's, they come out to a fourth down. They have the ability to basically to punt and give App State the ball back to drive down. And instead of punting and risking like a, a you know another yip they decide to snap the ball and billy napier instructs his quarterback to run out of the end zone carla what yard line would you say that was probably on usually if you're gonna run out of the back of the end zone it would be you know you're inside the five okay Cra uh, crappy what what yard line do you think this play was run from you are not talking into a microphone right now <laughs> Five to ten is yard line. Five to ten is yard line. Yeah. This play was run from the forty-five yard line, which <laughs> means this quarterback had to run fifty-five yards to run out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> if you go back and watch this replay, you will see the quarterback from Louisiana. He takes a he takes a snap in the shotgun, and immediately takes off in the complete opposite direction, like he's like he's running away from the entire rest of the game. Like I don't want to be here anymore, and runs completely, gets to the back of the end zone, and like waits because he's trying to kill time to not let App State drive down. He then steps out of the end zone. They take the safety. They then punt. App State drives down and has a chance to kick a game tying to game winning field goal. I can't remember the exact results. And he kicker pulls it wide left. Hashtag college kickers. I love you, college football. You can be dumb as hell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a hell of a weekend, it sounds like. You did. You did. But um, you know, you're in break now. College football is always a hell of a weekend. Yes. I think, also we true. To, I think we need to stop where it's like, oh, this weekend's going to be bad. No, there's always something dumb is going to happen. Yeah. And as long as you consume the whole hog, <laughs> you will find something pig. to watch and as long as you're capable of doing that you'll yep. see things like i don't know northwestern and ohio state in the big 10 championship game. <laughs> um hey championship games let's um let's uh let's let's like kind of we've got a, a 10 of them and and some of these are actually going to be good games um uh, we're going to do this kind of in the similar format to uh, the, the way we did this, uh, Carl and I did this last weekend. Uh, we're going to hustle through them because there are 10, as we mentioned before. Um, and, uh, and we're going to, you know, brief thought, a pick, and uh, we move on. Do we have bells? 
Uh, no, no bells, no bells. Unless, unless, unless it's necessary. Okay. Unless it's necessary, then maybe a bell. Um, we're going to start on Friday um, at 7 p.m. on uh, the vaunted uh, CBS SN, uh, the CUSA Championship UAB at Marshall. Marshall is favored by five and a half points. Carla? I know nothing about these two teams, so let me okay. tell you, I'm, I'm going to rely on my good friend AJ to help me out here. Um, so uh, I do know that, that UAB averages more rushing yards than passing per game, um, and Marshall just happens to have the number two rush defense in the nation, which doesn't seem to add up well. But at the same time, you look at those things, and Rice shut out Marshall 20 to nothing on the 5th, and UAB turned around and beat Rice 21-16 on the 12th. So, AJ, can you help me? I'm going to say Marshall should win this game. On paper, they're the better team. But um, what's up? Um, Marshall had a complete and utter brain fart against Rice is what has happened. Um, this, is, uh, this is one of those games where you are clearly the better team there is not a question about whether or not you are the better team and just bad times. Uh, uh, Grant Wells, the quarterback for Marshall threw five picks in that game. Oh, that'll do right? it. You don't win too many football games throwing five interceptions. No. So um, I'm, I'm chalking that up. Uh, a friend of mine who is a Marshall fan and maybe booster, I don't know, um, said, I don't know what happened. Don't want to talk about it. I'm not terribly happy right now. Um, but <laughs> when I, cause I, I, I messaged him with what the F happened, man. And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, so I'm chalking this up as a weird one-off. UAB is fine as a team. Marshall is very, very good. Yeah. Um, they're a demonstrably good football team. Uh, they had also not played since beating the mess out of middle, out of middle Tennessee uh, on November 14th. They played yep. one game on December 5th and had a bad time. Uh, this is their next game. So they will have played one game between November 14th and December 18th. The sport is great this year. Uh, I expect Marshall to come out and win. Uh, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. They're the much better team and they're at home. So go herd. That's my, I, I mean, um, the, the common denominator of Rice, uh, a, a win for UAB, a loss for the herd. Uh, what did we learn from this? Nothing. Nah. Nothing. Uh, Marshall, nothing. Marshall's going to win this game. Marshall's going to win this one. That's, by uh, the way, that's the lesson of 2020. We've learned nothing. It's fine. <laughs> we have we still no have idea. no idea. We still have, we no, have idea. no idea. No one, neither does anybody else. We're all making it up as we go. At <laughs> uh, 7.30 p.m. on Friday on ESPN, the Mid-American Conference Championship Ball State versus Buffalo in lovely Detroit. Buffalo is favored by 13 and a half points. Uh, AJ, what do you think? <clears throat> Hold on. This game is going to have so many points. It's going to be the best. Jarrett Patterson is an incredibly good running back. Um, I, I just turn this on and let the points wash over you because there's nothing else that this game is going to provide for you or anyone else, really. Um, just let this happen. It's going to be amazing. I'm very, very happy um, that this that – this, the, the Mac actually did get a season off because it allowed Buffalo to score a ton of points. Lance Leipold is going to get a better job at some point. So let's just enjoy maybe his last game in the sunset. Uh, Buffalo is averaging 510 yards a game. Let me just put that one out there. They're also averaging 51 points a game. I'm just going to take a drink on that one because that's a, that's a lot. And um, <laughs> Ball State's defense is allowing 432 a game. So <clears> – <throat> This might be bad for you, Ball State. 
So uh, yeah, uh, let me get the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bulls and uh, Lance Leipold, the fighting Lance Leipold. Carla? By the way, Buffalo's favored by 13 and a half. Yes. And the over under is 67 and a half. Take the over. Hammer that over. <laughs> yeah, that's an over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I have two notes on this game. Jarrett Patterson has a thousand yard season in five games. Yes. Five. Five games. Jarrett Patterson has a has a thousand yard season. I will I will say this about Ball State. Their defense is, might be giving up gaudy numbers, but they are the number four rush defense in the in the MAC. Um, so they're giving up all their yards in on the secondary, which isn't a huge deal against Buffalo because it's Jarrett Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might balance things out a little bit, but no, I I like Buffalo in this game. Um, step one, handball to, uh, Jerry Patterson, uh, step two, do that again. Uh, step three, yeah, sure. Go ahead and do that again. Buffalo wins this pretty easily. And invite um, Jarrett Patterson to the Heisman. Damn it. Yeah, that would be, he should be finalist. Yo, if you run for a thousand yards in five games, you're pretty great. I will yep. say I'm going to give, I'm going to give the, the ball state Cardinals uh, a little bit of credit here because, um, the Mac East, not exactly the strongest division. At all you, in anything you, really. I mean, they, you've got to play Bowling Green, Kent, and Kent State, and Akron, which might be three of the worst teams in Division One football. Um, and he ran for three hundred one, four hundred nine, and one hundred and five yards on sixteen carries. The game uh, that, that would have upset his averages uh, uh, my, against my Bobcats was canceled because of uh, COVID in Athens. So. We'll never know. That be, that means Who's nothing. Gonna know? <laughs> uh, Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio was is the only team to actually hold him below four yards a carry, at three point seven. He had twenty rushes for seventy three yards against Miami of Ohio. Buffalo still won that game forty two to ten. But sure. be that as it may, go go Bucks or go Bills. At ATN, uh, eight p.m. on Friday on Fox, uh, your Pac twelve championship, which is not Washington, but Oregon. Yeah. At USC, SRD's favorite FC is favored by three points. Uh, Carla, <laughs> is this this might be the most twenty twenty uh, uh, conference championship I, I, game I that, that we without. have? Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, Washington can't play, so the so the conference is like, yeah, sure, Oregon, go. Like, well, not only that, this game because the Pac twelve championship game was supposed to be at Big Jeans at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara County, Santa Clara County not allowing any sporting events in any way, shape, or form. So this is a home game for USC. This is at the Coliseum. Is there, uh, is there a conspiracy theory here? Since um, we've, we've covered uh, pretty thoroughly in the past few years the, um, the folly of playing uh, championship games in, in uh, Santa big Clara. Jeans. Um, big jeans. Yeah. It, big jeans. Wherever it, it, we are, I, California. <laughs> Thanks, Dabo. Um, I point did. out, point out, I'll point out where Santa Clara County is on a map. You can't and won't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anyhow, so I got to talk about this game. Um, that that shouldn't be a championship game, but suddenly it is. Um, so the Ducks have lost two straight, but somehow get to play in a title in a title game because 2020. Um, SC has been in a lot of close games this year. We talked about this last week against UCLA. We both had we both picked UCLA to win mm-hmm. last week um, because USC. Yeah, sure they 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 were unbeaten, but I mean they've they've won a lot of one point three point like you know less than one possession kind of games. Um, Trojans throw the ball around, and and I haven't seen a lot of football this year for the Pac twelve, but I I did watch that Oregon Oregon State game, and 
Oregon kind of has some issues in the secondary. Um, if 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 Oregon State can can get a, a passing attack going against the Ducks, then you might have some question marks. Um, and and Keaton Slovis is what sixteen hundred yards in five games. Um, I think USC wins this game. I think finally the, the South finally gets a title. It's been a while. Uh, Oregon only threw for two hundred thirty-one yards against Cal. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know something. Maybe this is one of those like really big brain football things. Oregon's kind of broken and their coach is rumored. To, so uh, some of the rumors around the Auburn job is that Mario Christ, uh, Cristobal is supposed to be the like person that they're going after. But they can't really go after him because he's in this title game that was not going to be a title game for Oregon until like three days ago. Um, so Auburn's kind of waiting on the result of this game. Uh, USC, by the way, they've, they've played five games this year. Three of them have been one possession games. Uh, the other yeah. two, when they beat Wazoo and they beat Utah, they beat them by multiple touchdowns. So USC's good. They're a demonstrably good team, but we don't have a huge uh, sample size to go with. It's the same sort of thing-ish that Ohio State runs into, except USC hasn't played a ranked team yet, uh, largely because nobody in the Pac-12 was ranked ever, really. Right. Um, they didn't get to play – USC didn't get to play – they never they didn't play uh, cross-division. So there wasn't anybody from the north – or no, they did play cross-division because they played Wazoo. Um, but in this sort of case, USC just – they're quietly 5-0 and in a Power 5 conference, and if they win the conference title game – somebody's going to want to do something dumb like put them in the playoff, like ESPN tried to do in a graphic on Saturday night where they said, USC has a 49% chance to make the playoff, and everybody in college football Twitter went, I'm sorry, what? What? Do you not see this 9-0 and Cincinnati team and this 11-0 and Coastal Carolina team, and you're trying to tell me the USC is going to make the playoff? What? And that's why it's a Power 5 protection racket. It's fine. It's a super great sport. Uh, yeah, US, give me USC. I think they win this game. I don't think that it's close. I think this, I think this is USC. USC is going to try and actually go out and beat the brakes off of, of Oregon to show that they should be in the playoff. And they're going to try to take a shot at it. And they could do that. And, and, they, and, and they may. Um, I, but whether or not that, that is what happens, uh, they, will, they will win this game. Um, we move to Saturday. Big nude. The Big Ten Championship. <clears throat> Northwestern against uh, the college football's whipping boy, my Buckeyes, um, who were favored by 20 and a half points. What? Uh, <laughs> whipping? Uh, what? Oh, it's not. not, it's, it's, not it's, I, it is. It is. It is. It's largely justified. Largely justified. Um, the, the, the conference, you know, bends rules and make sure that they make sure that Ohio State's in the playoff. And uh, I, I, it's it's tough for me to argue. But I, we, I think we, I, I can't remember where I discussed this, but there's a reason. Somebody was asking me. Oh no, it was a TCU fan that I was talking to. A friend of mine it was a TCU fan who still hates Ohio State from 2015. It's fine. Okay. Um, was asking me like, why does the, why does the Big Ten why is the Big Ten bending the rules for Ohio State and not anybody else? And I'm like, well. Um, the, if you make the playoff, there's like a $6 million payout from the CFP to the conference. Mm -hmm. And if you get another team into the New York six bowls, that's another $2 million. Mm -hmm. So the incentive for the big 10 
to not only bend the rules to get Ohio State into the national into the Big Ten championship game and then consequently potentially into the playoff is somewhere between two to six million dollars mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in a pandemic year. Pretty much, yeah, they're going to go do that. When so if they can get Ohio State into the playoff, Indiana likely makes the New Year's Six Bowls as a second representative as the highest ranking Big Ten team. And thus they get into the New Year's Six Bowl. And that's more yeah. money for the conference. Yes. So, yeah, there's financial incentives behind what they're doing. The Pac-12 is stupid and they don't ever do those sorts of things. They don't know that that's something they can do. <laughs> but the Big Ten is going to do everything they can to push their premier team, which is Ohio State, into a position to make as much money for the conference as possible. So, yeah, they're going to bend the rules. Also, yeah, they're going to put Ohio State in the Big Ten shape. Come on. And, and also – it makes it's it, not that it makes the argument any better, but Indiana couldn't have played the title game anyway. Yeah. Right. Because their game against Purdue has been called off again. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if Indiana had been put into the title game, they probably would have backed out. And what would you have done in goes Ohio state? Right. So like it ended, it ended up all working out. Um, I, I, I do think it's interesting, and we talked extensively about this last week, so I don't want to go back and rehash that. They should have played Cincinnati, but that's yeah, whatever. Um, they should have played A&M. Right. Well, been- well, since, yeah, Cincinnati was convenient, though. You don't have to bus anybody, right? Like You're like right there, and it's a top-10 team. Like Why not? Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, Northwestern is the best defense that Ohio State has faced all year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're top – they're top four in total defense in the conference. They're the top scoring defense in the conference. So I honestly think my note on this game is I think this game, and Crappy's going to cringe at this, this game comes down to the Ohio State defense because, <laughs> because Northwestern has a good enough defense to keep it interesting, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Peyton Ramsey has been solid all year. But the key here is, is that he's prone to making mistakes and he's shown that he's thrown six picks this year. So if the Ohio state defense can play together and force Peyton Ramsey into a mistake, my line here, or my note here says Ohio state wins this game. Northwestern covers. Yeah. I don't, I don't think yeah, that's but- out of the question. And I, this is something I mentioned to the two of you in talking around, like what would Ohio state need to get into the playoff? They need to go full 2015 and absolutely nuke every last play, every last team that they can play against. So if they play Northwestern, they got to win this game by 25 to get everybody off their back. It's like, okay, sorry, sorry. We forgot you've been recruiting at a top five level for the last 10 years. Whoops. Sorry about that. Um, and you have good coaching and you have all the facilities and you have all the things to be a college football death star on the tier of Alabama and Clemson and now Georgia. If you want to do that, you have to go out and beat the brakes off of teams like Northwestern, like Michigan State, like Rutgers, like Nebraska. You have to go out and be this top tier football team like Alabama. It does not get into a shootout against any of those teams right Clemson doesn't get sorry Clemson will occasionally get into a shootout with somebody this year but um (laughs) hey Boston College um but these are the sorts of things where Ohio State if they want to do this they have to lock down Northwestern and not and go out and absolutely blow the doors off of a team that a lot of people like Carla saying has a good enough defense to slow them down and if they don't get slowed down 
this game is over very, very quickly because Northwestern does not have the horses to keep up. Right. They have to slow Ohio State down like they did to Wisconsin, like they've done to a number of other teams this year. They have to slow them down enough that their plotting offense can keep up, which is what they're sort of designed to do. Um, Ohio State can come out, score two touchdowns, and the game's over. So I don't think I don't think Northwestern comes back from anything like that. So okay, okay. Uh, the thing that I originally said, Northwestern is sort of the Big Ten West version of Indiana, um, right down to having a quarterback who who played for Indiana. Used to play there. Right. Um, it's not going to be enough to get them a win. I I I think uh, Carla is correct about. Northwestern covering, though, it's, this is going to be a, a game that's going to uh, be annoying for me for much longer than I would I would hope, um, but it will be a win for Ohio State. Uh, also at noon on Saturday, ABC, your Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma versus Iowa State at Jerry World. Uh, OU is favored by five and a half points. Um, who went first last time? I have no idea. We have no idea. AJ, go. Um, <laughs> hey, this is a rematch of a game that already happened this year. Surprise. Um, no, Iowa State is fine. They have one of the best running backs in the country as uh, Iowa AD and college football committee president Gary Barta said. I couldn't remember if he had any carries the week before, but he's one of the best in college football. It's fine. They know stats. Um, I think – I think Iowa State is a, a a fine football team. Six is a is a stretch, um, given the number of teams like Cincinnati and Coastal who are underneath them. Uh, I would say that Iowa State um, probably comes out. They try to play their their close football game that they play with everybody else. Oklahoma's defense is playing at a completely different level than they were playing before. Um, if you go back and look at Oklahoma's schedule, they have been quietly wrecking people. Um, their last two games, they won 27-14 uh, against Baylor. They beat Oklahoma State in Bedlam 41-3. to They beat Kansas 62-9. to They beat Texas Tech 62-28. to Like, they are not playing games on defense anymore. And their offense has finally started clicking where Spencer Rattler is going out now and having himself a ball. I think they, could, I think they go out against Iowa State and they try to make a point that um, – that original loss was an aberration in an early season kind of fall down with no fall practice. Do I think that changes anything for the big 12 playoff wise? No, I don't think the big 12 is getting into the playoff. Um, Oklahoma would be avenging a loss, but then they'd be eight and two. Maybe they move up. Uh, they were, they're still definitely going to be in the New Year's six bowl, but I don't think this changes anything from a playoff standpoint. It would eliminate one of the dumbest things in the playoff, which is Iowa state, a team that I would like to be highly ranked. Um, being overly ranked the, the playoff made me hate iowa state being ranked high thanks college football playoff you're the worst <laughs> uh, this was your idea right 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 carla <laughs> right um yeah this is you're gonna start hearing me saying this a lot um over the next couple of games we're going to discuss um it's tough to beat a team twice in the same year yes um and 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 you know, Iowa State is number two scoring defense, just slightly better than Oklahoma's. But here's the deal: like that scoring defense kept them in the game in October, and then what they did what they what they needed to do, which was to force Spencer Rattler into a stupid mistake at the end of the game. And so, if Iowa State, and that's a big if, 
if Iowa State can follow that same formula, I think they can win this game. The challenge is what AJ already mentioned. Oklahoma has figured this out and their defense is playing at a different level and it's tough to beat a team twice. And as much as my heart wants Iowa State to win a Big 12 title because I am tired of Oklahoma being the banner of the Big 12, I think Oklahoma wins this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State's had had a great year. Um, Oklahoma has has improved a ton since they played really early in the season. Um, and, and I think, uh, as AJ said, especially defensively, uh, and that's a, that's a switch for them, as we know, kind of over the past few years. Um, but that's, that's more than enough for, for Oklahoma to, to, to take this title. Uh, 3.30 on Saturday on ESPN. Does the dream season continue? In the Sun Belt Championship, uh, Louisiana at Coastal. Coastal's favored by three and a half points. Carla. Again, tough to beat a team twice, right? Um, just, Coastal beat right. Um, Coastal beat Louisiana thirty to twenty-seven in October. Um, so these two teams played close last time. Um, and 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 if you look at the drive chart from that game, it's it's hilarious. I, I didn't see that game, but the drive chart for that game is hilarious in the fact that that game was so close. Like they they literally answered each other in consecutive drives. Like it was punt, 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 touchdown, touchdown, punt, 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 touchdown, touchdown. Like it, one team would score, the other team would immediately answer on the on the on the subsequent drive. Like it was that kind of game. Um, Coastal had the ball last and was able to score, was able to kick field goal and not leave any time on the clock. And that was, that was how that game went down. Um, here's the key in this game and why I'm going to go against what I just said with the Iowa state Oklahoma game is that the key in this game is CJ Marable against one of the worst rush defenses in the conference. That's the difference here. Go chickens, finish your undefeated season. Uh, speaking of our beloved beach chickens, Jamie Chadwell secured the bag today uh, and got himself an extension through 2027. Good for you, Jamie Chadwell. Um, he basically, uh, Coastal was like, oh, too many people are sniffing around. Mm -mm, let's give this man some money. Um, he is still a Sunbelt head coach, so it's not like crazy money. Right. But he's, he has secured a bag for another seven-ish years. Um, he's recruiting well. They actually are signing kids. Um, and Grace, by the way, Grace McCall is a freshman. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> He's fantastic. He is a freshman and Jamie Chadwell is doing, they've been doing a lot of fun things and I've been seeing a lot of breaking down of how Coastal is doing this, being undefeated, ranked 12th and still being a school that's only been in the, in FBS for what, five years now, something like that. Yep. A lot of it comes back to Coastal Carolina runs a lot of stuff out of an option based set. So they're running a, like a really odd version of the triple. But what that does is that allows their running backs to actually get out in a space and they will wheel route you to death. So they have a lot of these things that they're able to run with McCall. They're able to run an option offense, but Grayson McCall is a good enough quarterback that he can drop back 218 times this year and throw for 2,100 yards. So he have a really good quarterback playing in an option system that causes just an absolute havoc for a lot of teams to have to deal with. This is how they, this is how they beat a much larger, physically larger BYU team. BYU is massive along the defensive line yeah. and their center 
Coastal Carolina center is five nine. Like, <laughs> he is a cube. fire hydrant of a center. He's a cube. You know? <laughs> he, is, he is a. He's, but he's very very good, and yeah. they run and they run a really great blocking scheme. And because they're so mobile, they're able to get out and past some of these linemen. This is why when you when teams have to end up playing Army, this is why a crappy in Ohio State and anybody who ends up playing Army or Navy throughout the course of the year goes. Oh, crap, it's option week. Oh, oh. <laughs> There's a reason for that. And that's because yep. the option takes, it gives an offensive system that takes potentially lesser or smaller talent and puts them in a position to be at a point of leverage against larger or better talent. And yet he's doing this with really good talent. So this is a, a, a real big buzzsaw. Louisiana is not anywhere near bad. Uh, their only loss this year is to this Coastal Carolina team. This is my game of the weekend. I'm very, very excited for this. I'm happy that they're putting the Sun Belt Championship at 3.30 on, on Saturday on the big ESPN network. So everybody's going to get to see this. Um, but yeah, uh, this, is, this is the game of the weekend. Finish it off, Coastal. Let's go. I love you. Love you, Cajuns. But finish it off, Coastal. <laughs> what you just described is how, is how Navy was so successful the last two years. Yeah. Right. With Malcolm Perry, same thing. Yeah, good, yeah, put a yeah. good quarterback in that system and it runs like crazy. So yeah, go chickens. Finish it off chickens. The beach chickens of the, the beach chickens of the low country. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm with you guys. The dream season continues. Um, and, and we'll see what happens uh, where, where they end up playing in bowl season uh, at 4 PM on Saturday on ABC, the ACC. Uh, this is another rematch, Carla. Um, it's Clemson at Notre Dame or versus Notre Dame in Charlotte. Clemson is favored by ten and a half points. Um, Carla, it's tough to be. Never mind. It's You've heard tough, me say that already. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so the difference in this game is that Clemson gets Trevor Lawrence back, and yeah. and the one stat that I pulled on this game was that Notre Dame defense held Travis Etienne to twenty eight yards in yes. the first game, which is incredible. Here's the challenge. They still need a double overtime to win that game. And now Clemson gets Trevor Lawrence back. Um, I think the line is garbage. I think, I think Notre Dame is able to keep this interesting, but I think tre the adding Trevor Lawrence back into that, that offense makes the difference here. And it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season, other than you, Coastal Carolina. Go Chickens. Um, Clemson wins this game. Um, AJ? I'm going to go with – yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson. Yeah, adding a, adding a five-star generational quarterback back in the mix <laughs> seems weird that that changes things. Um, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence comes out and, and plays probably plays really well and is, and is an actual difference maker in this game. That's not, that's not to take away from D.J. Willangalele, who did an, a demonstrably great job against yeah. Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. But when your rushing attack is taken away almost completely with a top-level NFL first round draft pick running back it's hard to do that the interesting part is not so much the offensive side of the ball it's going to be the defensive side of the ball Clemson's defense could not get to Ian Book and that is largely due to Kyron Williams as a running back picking up every last blitz that Venables sent that will not be the case this time not that Kyron Williams won't pick him up but I think Venables changes his plan to say, okay, I'm not going to be able to get to him. So how do I change my defensive plan to mitigate what Ian Book and that offense can do? I don't think Ian Book's arm is going to win them this game. I think they're going to try and make Kyron Williams beat him on the ground, and that's not 
really going to happen. I'm interested to see how Notre Dame's defense does play against Clemson with Trevor Lawrence based on what happened in the Clemson-UNC game. UNC came out and tried to track meet Notre Dame. And Notre Dame went, no, thank you, and stopped them. Just said, nope, you're done now, and put them in a box for the rest of the game. That second half was boring, but that first half was hilarious. So I think if we can get – I think this, is, this could be a fun game. I'm not exactly entirely thrilled with watching Notre Dame play a football game ever, but if we can see a good, honest-to-God – rematch of what happened with Clemson and Notre Dame the first time around and we get another late late fourth quarter maybe overtime game I'm into it I I think we could um I I I think Notre Dame's defense is is better than it was uh even you know even in that first game um obviously uh having uh uh, the surfer boy back is is going to make a big deal uh, a big difference for Clemson's offense but, uh, by the way, uh, shout out to Clark Lee, uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator who just yeah. got hired at Bandy. Good job. Uh, good luck. You're going to need it. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> got a kicker. Anyway, that's, that's good. Um, I, I, uh, it, She's it's, graduating. I think. Oh, is she? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, now you've got to find hey, a kicker. Hey, listen. It worked out, Sarah Fuller. You're awesome. Yes. Uh, great yes. job for you. Good job putting pushing the sport forward, especially in a conference as dumb as the SEC. It was spectacular. Yes. It was um, awesome. I, I, I think I got to pick Clemson here. Um, the ten and a half points is dumb. Um, it's going to be a much tighter game than that. And and I would not be surprised uh, if if Notre Dame wins this. Um, but. I, I think you were just kind of looking at it from from our, our distance. I think you got to got to go with the T Grace. Uh, real uh, quick, playoff sidebar: If Notre Dame loses, and now you have ten and one ACC champion Clemson mm-hmm. and ten and one Notre Dame, do they both get into the playoff? Yes. Yes. All right. Cool. So we're. we're I think so. I think so. At four fifteen p.m. Uh, Saturday on Fox, uh, it's the AJ Kuftik Bowl. Mountain West Championship, Boise versus San Jose State in the Sam Boyd Silver Bowl in Las Vegas, the site of 14 Grateful Dead shows in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Boise is favored by six and a half points. Um, AJ, I got to let you go first on this one. Uh, Boise has not looked like Boise too much this year. Uh, That's largely due to the fact that they had a bunch of injuries at quarterback. Um, San Jose State has not looked like San Jose State this year because they are 6-0 and and playing their butts off. Um, this is a it's, – it's an interesting thing because note the rankings. Boise State, not ranked. San Jose State ranked. San Jose State is ranked. Uh, this game is being played in Nevada uh, in Las Vegas because, again, the Santa Clara thing that we talked about earlier with the Pac-12 championship, this also affects San Jose State. That's where Santa Clara County is, by the way. Um, so it exists. it exists. Yeah, San Jose oh. is in Santa Clara County. So, okay. in case you're wondering where it is, you, that's where you point to it on a map. That's a callback from earlier. <laughs> uh, they're both playing about the same level of defense. San Jose State has a slightly better offense in just pure total yardage. Um, Boise State puts up a lot more points. They have Boise has turned it around from the BYU game where they got absolutely wrecked, mostly because they were on a backup to start the game, then the backup got hurt in the first quarter, so they had to play on their third-string quarterback for the rest of the game. That's not going to end well. Um, so they came out. They beat the brakes off of uh, Colorado State by 30, almost 30. They 
Hawaii almost came back and, and got Boise on the big island, and then Boise went to Wyoming and won by eight. I mean, Boise has not looked nearly as dominant as they have been in past years. And San Jose State, specifically Nick Starkle, that is uh, Mississippi State transfer, Nick Starkle, grad transfer, so he's only there this year. Um, he's, playing his, he's playing his brain out. He's 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, four picks. Like, that's a quarterback that you need. Um, I, I expect San Jose State to come out and get a W here and win their first Mac Mountain West Conference. Carla? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a chess match here because the two notes that I had were um, that Boise has the number one pass defense in the conference going up against Nick Starkle is going to be kind of an interesting battle to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Boise scores more points, but San Jose State has the number two scoring defense in the conference. So I, I think this is going to be a really interesting chess match. Um, I agree with what AJ said, um, having not really seen a lot of either of these uh, teams this season. Um San Jose State seems to have the momentum going their way this year, and this just feels like a special season for them. So I'm going to say, yeah, sure, San Jose, why not? Okay. Uh, number one, I agree, uh, Boise, uh, not quite Boise this year, although I mean, you can't fault them for the, the, for the, for the one loss, uh, which was to BYU. Um, but I, I, that it's, it, they just, it does not feel like a, a, a typical Boise State team. Uh, the other thing that's going on here, and I, I mentioned the uh, Sam Boyd Silver Bowl and the Grateful Dead stat for a reason – if you're playing there in, in, a, in a place that the Grateful Dead um, made frequent stops uh, during that time period, you got to go with the team from the Bay Area. Come on. It's, 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 it's pretty simple. San Jose State wins this game. Now, if um, only Pitt played at Star Lake. Le- uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, let's not spend a lot of time on this one. Uh, 8 p.m. Saturday on CBS, the SEC title game, Alabama versus Florida in Atlanta. Bama's favored by 17. Carla? Florida offense might be able to keep up with Alabama. The problem is that the Florida defense, as we learned last week, thank you, shoe throwing, um, is a definite liability in this game. And that's just not even like the in, like the not disciplined thing. It's the giving up 26 points per game thing. Um, Bama's too good on offense and scoring defense. I hate to say this. This hurts my heart, but dang it. They're all tied. Gonna happen. Uh, AJ? Alabama not only covers, but covers well and hits the over D- like double this covers is going to be a bloodbath sorry florida but you todd grantham is not a good defensive coordinator and yet continues to have work um and alabama has an incredibly good offense that will beat you in every which way possible devonta smith should be in the heisman race yes. Najee harris yeah. is has also ran for a thousand yards this year and um mac jones is also in the heisman race Sorry, y'all. Alabama is going to is is going to win this game by easily twenty points. Sorry, Florida. This isn't your year. Or or by twenty five. Or I it, yeah. This is we don't. This isn't even the game that you should yeah, watch. You don't need to watch this game. There is another game at eight p.m. and that's the the extent we're going to spend on the SEC championship. Hey game. hey, listen. Uh, at eight p.m. on Saturday on ABC, it's the AAC championship. Um, we've been waiting on this game for a couple weeks now. Tulsa at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by 14 and a half points. Um, I, I, what is it? AJ, is, is Desmond Ritter, the, Desmond Ritter the best quarterback in the country? No. Close? <laughs> I'll just be really honest there. He's very, very good. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. He's very, very good. I would not put him as the best quarterback in the country. That goes to Lawrence or Fields, maybe Sam Howell. Um, yeah. there's a number of other quarterbacks and Kyle Trask is another, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks 
in the country. Desmond Ritter just happens to play just he's going to be he's a very very good a very very good quarterback and he turned it around about halfway through this season he was not playing at the level he's playing at right now after about game four or five um and he ended he ended up turning it around and just turned into an absolute leader on that offense and that's where Cincinnati has really started to gain a lot of its bigger momentum going forward um they should have they were supposed to play this game last week uh, the AAC and both teams kind of went, you know what? We don't actually need to do this. Um, nothing changes regardless of outcome. So let's not play the game. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's not introduce any COVID cases. Let's just go ahead and we'll punt till the next week when we're just going to play the same game again. Um, Tulsa comes in again, as I mentioned in a previous episode, with a uh, large horseshoe jammed where the sun does not shine because they have gotten so many bounces. I, I, I don't understand how a team gets this lucky um, throughout the season. They are six and one. Um, their one loss, I'm trying to remember what their one loss was. I remember it being an okay loss. Oh, they lost to Oklahoma State to open the season. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very good football team. I don't necessarily know that they're gonna keep up with Cincinnati every single Tulsa game is a one score game except for the one game against USF and USF is garbage this year they were one and eight (laughs) overall and oh and seven in the conference like UCF USF is bad 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 and that's the only team that Tulsa had more than a one score win against so I would say that Cincinnati comes out Cincinnati's favored by 14 for a reason. This is a way, this is a game where, again, Cincinnati wants to try to make a statement to like go to the college football playoff and go, hi, we're an undefeated power six conference. That's what the AAC likes to refer to themselves as. (laughs) And we won our conference championship game by 20 some points. Can we get in and make them make a decision? They won't do it. They've got Notre Dame. They can just use Notre Dame and it'll be fine. But they would Cincinnati would like to put a stamp on the season and secure yeah. the New Year's Six Bowl. Yes. Um, yes. My only problem with the New Year's Six Bowl situation, though, is that, um, and by the way, this is the last championship game, so I can, I can mention this. Um, it, the way that this works out is that it's possible that Coastal Carolina does not make a New Year's Six Bowl, even though they are in the top 12. At which point, uh, CBS Sports has them projected to go to the Cure Bowl. You go from a New York Six Bowl to the Cure Bowl. Which one is it? That's uh, that's the one in a place. I forget exactly where it is. But they're projected to play Marshall, which would be great. And a a game that I would watch. But But I would like to watch Coastal put the hurt on some dumb Power 5 team that somehow is ranked ahead of them. Look at you, Georgia. And just absolutely (laughs) wreck them. That's what I want. I want Coastal Carolina to do that. I want Coastal Carolina to play like, uh, I don't know, UNC or something like that. They just literally win the Carolinas. That'd be fun. That, that would be cool, the, the Carolinas championship. Uh, Carla, what do you think about the AAC? Um, so actually, the fifth time might be the charm for this game because of the, these teams have actually been scheduled to play each other five times this season, and it's finally <laughs> happening. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> Thank you, Cincinnati Inquirer, for that really fabulous statistic. Um, the only thing that I think might be a factor in this game is the fact that Cincinnati has not played a game of football since before Thanksgiving. That might be a little bit of a concern here. you got to go into essentially bowl schedule 
right? If you're working with your team, um, because it's essentially mm-hmm. been that long of a layoff since they have snapped a ball on a football field that meant something. Um, that's the only thing that I have here. Um, Tulsa has played, they played Navy um, on the first weekend of December. Um, Desmond Ritter can flat out throw the football. I mean, he's a, he's a dang good quarterback. And if it wasn't in a year where we had so many good quarterbacks, he'd be getting a lot more attention than he is. Um, but I, I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati is the better team. They will win this football game. It might be close early because they're trying to shake a little rust, but I think Cincinnati will, will pull away. Uh, a statement came for the Bearcats, period. And, and um, uh, even if they start slowly, which is, which is possible, uh, they, they will recover and, and even more. Um, Bearcats will win this one. Boys and girls, you can hear the Carly Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can watch us on YouTube and on the show's Facebook page. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't, mind your own damn business and be sure to come back next week because it's Bolapalooza time. Woo! Uh, such as it is. I, I think there are still bowl, ga- bowl games being played. There and, might still um, be bowl games. We don't know. And I mean, yeah, this, that, that, again, this is everything is subject to change. Um, so, but we're going to try. We're going to try to talk about some bowl games next week, and we hope you will join us. Uh, Carla, do you have any final thoughts? I have, very, I have, I have three very quick final thoughts. Okay. Uh, Penn State gets Illinois at home this week, which means that um, four and five for a finishing record for the Nittany Lions is a legit possibility. And so after starting the season 0 and 5, I, I give credit to, um, to my, my, my friends in State College for turning this thing around and getting into a respectable season. Probably, yes. Possibly, it could even be bowl worthy depending on how the bowl season shakes out. We'll see. Um, second quick thing is that there's a stupid, fun football game that nobody's going to watch. Um, because there's too many other championship games going on, but Ole Miss is at LSU at three <laughs> at three thirty um, <laughs> uh, on the SEC network. Um, the over under on that game is seventy eight. Take the over. If that wasn't um, at the same time as Coastal, I, I right? would be all over that game. No, that's yeah. a two screen situation. That's that, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no question. No question. Yes. Yes, yeah. almost at LSU. Um, and my final thought is, um, actually, bowl season was supposed – this is the most 2020 story ever, and I, I just had to bring this up. Bowl season was supposed to start on Saturday. Um, right. We were supposed to have the uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl featuring the SMU Mustangs and the UTSA Roadrunners. However, that game has been canceled due to SMU's COVID situation. Um, and so in the most 2020 situation ever, UTSA has actually – it might be the first team ever to accept two bowl bids in one season because they have now accepted a bowl bid to the first responder bowl on December 26th because their first bowl game got canceled 2020 we have no freaking (laughs) idea oh that's spectacular AJ do you have a final thought uh yeah there's a bunch of games like a bunch of random games being played that are like regular conference games while the conference championships are going on which is uh hilarious and dumb and weird Uh, I'm going to pick it's two weird. games that are uh, – I got one uh, at 1.30 Eastern on Fox Sports 1, the network of – that's still there? Um, <laughs> Washington State at Utah. That is a 10.30 a.m. kickoff for both of those teams. Great job, Fox Sports 1. This is what th- – I'm going to say this is like – this is big Winnie the Pooh Saturday. Like this is a game with a T-shirt on, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's no reason it's not nude it's not big nude Saturday it's no. there's a t-shirt on there's no reason to play this game like in any way shape or form Washington Wazoo's one and two Utah's two and two neither are playing for anything um, 
don't play this game because it's going to be at 1030 in the morning. It's going to be stupid. But at three o'clock, a game that also actually real life matters on CBS Sports Network, the network of champions. This is for a championship trophy. Yes, it is. That uh, many consider to be, some are saying, is the championship trophy of, of, of all time. It's Air Force at Army for the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Yes. Um, Army beat Navy. Uh, Air Force beat Navy. So Army can finish off Air Force. Um, I'm pretty sure that Navy... Uh, probably went up to all the army guys and went, Hey, can you go beat those joystick jockeys? And <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I don't know. I have no idea how military jokes work, but I'm pretty sure that's one of them. Can you go beat the joystick jockeys for us? I, I guarantee you. Yes. Yes. Um, so that game is on at three o'clock. So you might have to go triple screen for air force army, uh, which will be over by four fifteen at best. <laughs> um, and then uh, Louisiana Coastal and Ole Miss LSU. Uh, and then secondary note, the box score of the Army-Navy game was an absolute travesty. That game <laughs> hurt me. I know it was probably over in like 73 minutes and there was a lot of pomp and circumstance because it was in Michie Stadium. Um, but that game had like 180 yards total offense between two teams. That's gross. I, I think Army had like a, a two ha- two. Uh, first downs by halftime something like that it was it was just it was awful it, it was um, gross and uh but, oh by the way there's the a weird weather phenomenon happened in that game yes a cloud of fog settled just in the stadium nowhere else uh, it just it's like a, a little tiny mini inversion and it just stayed there and I, the, the the fog was actually really impressive but um uh real quick take a guess uh how many total passing yards were in this game the army navy game uh my father claims that army cheated by completing at least one pass uh in that game so i'm going to say that's completed true. completed passes i'm i'm thinking four carla are we saying pat number of completed passes or completed number passes of- and total yardage between a uh, uh, total between, between both teams. teams. I think there, I think I remember seeing there were three completed passes and like 12 yards. I have no idea about the yardage. I have no idea. There were two completed passes, one for each team two. for a total of 37 yards. 1910 baby. Woo! This game is stupid. Uh, so congratulations stupid, to Tyrell Robinson. Stupid. Awesome. Tyrell Robinson might have had the longest completion of the entire Army season at 28 yards. <laughs> and that's the one that my father has difficulties with. But, you know, he's a Marine, Why is that so. cheating? I, I, he, the forward I, pass was invented over 100 years ago. <laughs> um, I, you should, you should, my, my, my father has ideas about how foot, especially how that game should be, uh, how that game should go. So he's, um, he, he, and plus he's, he's a Marine. So he, he's cheering for Navy and he, he lost a dollar to me. Um, so that's, that's, that's where that rational is. The thing that I'm curious about, uh, this weekend, this is on Friday. I'll hold my Marine joke to myself. (laughs) Um, I can Rutgers get to four wins on the season. They are, they are hosting Nebraska on Friday night. Um, Ken Shiano, whatever he can't coach in the NFL. Um, he actually, he couldn't, he, he didn't, coach the Ohio State's defense all that well something about Shiano and Rutgers and New Jersey I don't know what the hell it is it's, but um, it, listen it's because he's a man he's a man of the people 
He's a Apparently. man of people. He goes to New Jersey. He's Greg Schiano. What are you talking hey. about? The kicker for Rutgers is Valentino Ambrosio. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's a real name. And that's the real name of the kicker of Rutgers. Nebraska is favored by six and a half points in that game. And I'm, I, am, I am guaranteeing that that is a, a win for the Scarlet Knights and, and, and four wins on the season um, for the first time. Why, probably why since Schiano's been there. Why is Rutgers going to go out and ruin something as beautiful as Scott Frost Day? Right? Uh, I, I, would, I would only hope that Ohio State would have a chance to ruin Scott Frost Day. But, um, they did. It was the first that. game of the season. We, they did, we did that Frost once. Day. We did that once already again. I would just, I'd like to play Nebraska every weekend and just beat them. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of 90s football anger you're holding on to right there. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's more recent than that. But, yeah, it, it, it goes back to that thing. Um, boys and girls, as I said, uh, next week, we don't know what form it's going to take. We don't know who's going to be joining us. We don't know what day we're taping. We don't we even know what, what, what games are going to be played, but there will be a bowl of Palooza of some kind. And we hope you come back and join us then. And in the meantime, uh, AJ, Carla, Thank you for this. There's a, there's a fruit fly bugging around in my, the last bit of my drink here. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Enjoy all the football championship games or no. And uh, we will see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Okay.